0: Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church Podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our Pastor Philip Kuntz. This sermon is entitled, Onward Christian Soldiers, and was preached on July 26th of 2020. We invite you to visit us, 310 Randolph Road here in Kansas City, Missouri. That's just right there near Clay Como. Sunday school is at 9.30 a.m., worship service at 11. Come on by and say hi. And now here's Pastor Philip Coons with Onward, Christian Soldiers. As long as we're in the army of God, because that's the most important thing, because we are in the army of the Lord. We are. I wrote a song about that one time, and I'm going to quickly sing it to you. We've had enough songs. I know I know you're thinking. Of. we had enough music. We have. But as we get started, I want to read to you the fact that we are in the army of the Lord. I don't know if you know the song, We're in the Army, Mr. Jones. You ever heard that song? We're in the Army, Mr. Jones. It's a song way back when, way back when in the time of the World War II. Great, great music. But here's how the song goes that the Lord gave me to teach the children. I'm going to teach it to you too. And it goes like this. You're in the army of the Lord. Put on the army of the word. Satan will fight you cause we're at war and we're not of this world anymore. You're in God's army, be prepared. Satan is losing and he's scared. We're fighting battles he can't ignore and we're not giving up anymore. Do as the Bible commands. Just follow Jesus, your life's in his hands. You are a soldier now, soldier now be armed. You have God's word, don't be alarmed. God's claimed the victory, he'll win the war. And the Lord will be Lord evermore. And the Lord will be Lord evermore. And he will. Just do as the Bible commands. Just follow Jesus. Your life's in his hands. Amen? Amen. Let's now turn to the book of Romans. Chapter 13 Verses 12 through 14. So it's Romans 13, 12 through 14. Let's please stand to honor the reading of his word, if you possibly can. Remember, remember how it goes. If you can't, I understand. I already know all that. And it's okay. Romans 13, 12 through 14 says this The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us take off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us Behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in immorality and wickedness, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. America was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been telling you that all month because it's true but we've been having a separation of morals and ethics from right and wrong and biblical truths. All of this is true, every bit of it. Last week I spoke about civil war. A week before that, we talked about the race. We talked about the true race, which is the race that is Jesus Christ. And we spoke about that. We talked about civil war, and you are in a civil war. Only your enemies are not the people out there, though it may seem like it with all the political situation. With all that's going on, people talk about the fact that you have to be careful what you say, what you don't say. And I'll tell you this. There is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. Be careful what you say and how you say it. You don't want to offend anybody. Be careful how you step. Be careful how you walk. Be careful how you talk. Be careful this and that and that, how you dress. Let me tell you something. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Brother, sister. Let me tell you something. They're not worried about how they dress or don't dress. They're not worried about all that. I tell you this. You make sure you do what the Word tells you, you, not what the world tells you. You make sure that you do what God is telling you, not what the odd is telling you. You make sure you do what Christ has told you to do, not the Antichrist are telling you to do. And I'm not talking about the Antichrist, but those who are anti-Jesus. You make sure of that. But we may offend. You're going to offend. Why? Not because of you, but he who is in you. So you be sure of that. You be sure of that. Because your enemy, your true enemy, is not them but he, he who is of the world, the enemy, is the one, the one who you're going against. It is important. This time is important because this is a call of duty. This is a call of duty. And I'm not talking about a video game, youngsters. I'm not talking about a video game called Call of Duty. I'm not talking about that. No, 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 no. Oh, I play that too. Okay, play that too. I do. but I'm even old school on that. I'm in the World War II one. Okay, I'm going to stay there too. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the call of duty of a Christian soldier. It's time to be onward, Christian soldier, and that's the title of today's sermon. Onward, Christian soldier, not backward, Christian soldier. No, 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 no. Not sit back and watch everything happen, Christian soldier. Not sit back because you might offend someone if you breathe. Not sit back, don't want to offend somebody if you sneeze. Not sit back, and you might offend them if you use a hanky that says John three sixteen. By the way, I don't suggest you do that. But at the same time, at the same time, we are going to offend the only way you wouldn't offend is if you shut up and die. But we're not going to do that. Because greater is he who is in you, not greater is you, greater is he who is in you than he who is of the world. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Don't go to sleep, soldiers of the cross. The song doesn't say, go sleep, go sleep. No, 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 no. It doesn't say that. It says, stand up. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to stand up. Oh, pastor, you're already getting worked up. You bet I am. I've been worked up. I've been worked up. And I'm going to stay worked up. Not because I'm ready to get to a wrestling ring, All that'd be fun. No. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about looking the devil in the eye and saying, No, sir. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stand up for Jesus Christ. I'm not sitting down. I'm not going anywhere. Let me tell you something, brother. But Satan is not, incidentally. My brother. I want to say, let me tell you something. Enemy. I am not going to move. I shall, not be, I shall not be moved. No, no. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stay where I am. I'm going to continue to march for Jesus Christ. I will not be moved. Long ago, I was given this from my father. It's my King James Bible. And I keep it in the, the Bible cover that was my daddy's. It has a cross on it. This is important to me. A, excuse me, a sword, a cross sword. And I keep it on there. And I keep it with me continuously because this is my sword. This Bible is my sword. We need to have that sword. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Once you're saved, you're always saved, incidentally. When you truly ask Jesus in your heart, you're saved. We're not going to get into all that discussion right now, but it's true. Once you're saved, you're saved, you're Christian. And you're enlisted. You're enlisted in God's army. You're enlisted. We need to know that. You're enlisted. And once you come into God's army, you go to boot camp. How do you go to boot camp? Well, you go to basic training. You take, it takes time. It doesn't happen right away. You don't become saved and suddenly, boom, you're a general. Nope, doesn't happen. It takes time. It did for Paul. Paul was saved. It took about 15 years. He didn't just get saved and suddenly, boom, he's an Acts doing all this stuff. Well, that's how we see it. If you just read straight through Acts, wow, he's saved and suddenly by the end, he's doing all this stuff. No, 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 no. Acts didn't just get written in two weeks. No, it took years upon years upon years. Paul, it took him about 15 years. How do we know that? Know that? He says that in some of his books. He says in Galatians, he says in a few other books, too. It took him years to become the warrior that he was and is in heaven, incidentally. Paul is a warrior, a warrior for Christ, the same warrior that you can be and are because you're signed to be a soldier. OK, you're a soldier, but are you a warrior for the Lord? Are you a warrior? I hope you are. Because let me tell you something, brothers and sisters of Christ. Satan doesn't want you to be a warrior he wants you to be a weekend warrior, one who doesn't know anything, one who goes out there and says, I think the Bible says, well, don't think that the Bible says, know what the Bible says. Go out there with your the sword, know what's going on. But here's what we do. We're to study the word daily, prayerfully, systematically with enjoyment. I guess I got to read the Bible today. No, with enjoyment, you can know these things, apply it, grow, change from it, change it into shape. We can get into shape with these things shaping our lives so that we can be true warriors for Christ. That's what we can be. We are no longer to be of this world. We're to be in it. We're not to be of it in this lost civilization that we are a part of. We're in a lost civilization. What does it say in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 4? Endure hard times as a godly soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier on active duty entangles himself with civilian affairs that he may please the enlisting officer, which the enlisting officer is Jesus Christ. He's enlisted you to be a soldier. You're a soldier. So let's behave, let's live like a soldier for Christ. But remember, we're not alone out there. We have many, many enemies out there. Are we talking about the people that are around us? Because it says in Lamentations 5.5, 5, our pursuers are at our necks. We labor and have no rest. Well, keep in mind, yes, the world is hates us. They hate us. But in reality, remember, it's not us that they hate. It's him. The true enemy is who? Satan. The true enemy is Satan. It's not them. They're being used like pawns. They're being used against us. They're being used against us. That's, that's what we need to remember. They're not truly your enemy. We need to feel sorry for them. In reality, feel sorry for them, love them. This doesn't mean you love all that they do. This doesn't mean that you're going to have to, well, they're our buddies. We have to keep on going with them. We have to keep on just go along and go. No, that's not what it's saying. You can love them and not love what they do, not love what they say, not agree with them. You're no longer to be a part of them, but you are with them out there in it, but not be of it. What did God say to the Pharisees? I'm talking about Jesus Christ now. He said this to the Pharisees. He said this. Now think about this. The Pharisees, they thought they were of God and that Jesus wasn't. You talk about really being out of touch. This is what Jesus said to them. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. Remember, this is Jesus is saying this to them. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks for his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, Jesus said this about the devil and you have to remember this. Those of the world, those who are lost, are following Satan, the father of lies. They don't know any different. This is not to excuse them for doing wrong, okay? We're not saying that. We're not saying, oh, let him just be sinful. No, we're not saying that. We're not excusing the sins. We are, however, saying they don't know any different. It's like when a little child tries to steal a piece of candy that's not theirs. We're not saying for one second that it's okay to steal. Let's get this in our minds. Stealing's wrong. We know that. But we kind of understand it's an ignorant little child. Not calling the baby stupid, okay? Ignorant. Don't know any better. They see candy, they want the candy. They don't know that candy. The candy may have fallen in, in all sorts of things of dirt, and every other, all sorts of other things that might have been in the dirt. But we know this. They're going to steal because they see candy. They don't know that candy is actually poison. All right? So we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that. What it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3-5, through five, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And we're not to do that. Listen to this. It says... For the weapons of our war—excuse well, me warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. And we need to remember that. Now, I'm going I'm to take this off for just a second. I hope you don't mind, but I feel like I'm in a wrestling ring. So I'm going to take this off. Okay. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll just now get started. You bet. Just now going. (laughs) Okay, let's now turn to Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Let me tell you something about Ephesians. Oh, boy. Uh, This is one of my favorite things to read. Once a year, at least once a year, I go to Ephesians, chapter 6, and read from me. It's like, I know, Pastor. You always do. Well, here's the reason. To me, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 is important. It's so important, I go through it once a year, at least, uh, in a sermon. It's as important as Jesus being born. It's as important as his death on the cross. It's important to a Christian to make sure that they stick with it and go through it. It's important to make sure that we have the, uh, what we need to have as a Christian soldier, to make sure that we know what we need to know uh, that we, as for our armor, so much so and this won't shock you, for you who know me well. This tie, i wanted for a very long time. This tie, got your attention, didn't I? This tie is all about the armor of God, and I've wanted it for a long time. But I saved and waited for reasons, and I wanted to make sure I had it before I did this sermon this year. Don't worry, next year I'll have more armor things, more armor things. Every year, i make sure I have new things. To arm- One day, I'll be out here maybe with a full armor, a real armor. Who knows? I'll come out here. Can you imagine that? I'm going to look like some kind of stormtrooper. But either way, you're going to see me someday with armor. But the point is that we need to have the true armor, the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 says this, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the ruler of darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist the evil, excuse me, resist in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication to that end. Be alert with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is mighty important. It's mighty, mighty important. We're to have the belt of truth on. The belt of truth. Let's talk about the belt of truth for just a second. The belt of truth. We're to stand therefore, as it says in Ephesians six fourteen. stand therefore, a, a, the first part of that, stand therefore with the truth like a belt around your waist. Yes, the truth. This is the word of God, the truth. What does it say? It says that we are to have the truth around us. Yes, there are lies of this world. Right now they're, they're, they're preaching lies, they're teaching lies. Even certain ministers, ministers in the name of the Lord, are out there preaching lies. And the Bible tells us this is going to happen. Folks, be careful who you listen to. Pastor, who you're talking about? I think you know. I think you know them. If you know the word, you know who's lying. Read the word. Know the word. Know the belt of truth. When they would used to put belts on back in the day, the Roman soldiers and all, this was to protect them. It wasn't just a belt like I have right here. Oh, and a pretty belt it is. It's done its job well. But let me tell you this. It's not just a belt. It was what helped them to hold everything together. It helped to connect to the breastplate, the chestplate, whatever you want to call it. It would connect to everything, except for maybe the boots. But it connected to what held up the sword. It held up everything else. It held it all up. Everything. It protected their loins. I don't want to get all of that. But it helped everything in their back and everything else. It protected everything. But while we bring up loins, it protects them and keeps them safe people nowadays think with their loins they think with everything else they think with their desires with their lust and lust doesn't have to do with sex incidentally lust has to do with lots of things and satan tries to attack us with lust if it's sexual he attacks us with sexual lust if it's and he tries all the time with sexual lust with other types of lust maybe it's gluttony maybe it's gossip Maybe it's all sorts of lies. Maybe it's hatred. Maybe it's the anger that we have. Maybe it's the politics. Maybe it's other things. Oh, maybe it's because you're such a nice person, which we've all been this way, I'm sure, at least most of us. We're such a nice person, we don't want to upset people. So because we're such a nice person, our insecurities, we don't want to upset anybody. So we go with the flow. Satan attacks us with that. But that's not our loins. Well, actually it is, because it involves your heart. And you're thinking with your heart instead of with your mind. So Satan attacks us there. Put on the belt of truth, the word. Put that on. Put that on. We're we'll gonna move on. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Jesus is talking about the Lord here. By your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is what? Truth. Put on the truth. We need to put on the chest plate of righteousness or breastplate of righteousness. Put on the armor, breastplate of righteousness. Guard our heart. What we're thinking with. What is it that we love, that we truly love? Guard your heart. Who's your first love, your true love? Well, let me tell you something, folks. I'm just going to tell you straight out. Most of you know what I'm going through. Most of you do. Well, listen, listen. This has been the roughest week, maybe the roughest week of my life in many, many ways. One of the roughest weeks of my life. And (laughs) I've had to make a decision dealing with lust, dealing with first loves, dealing with all sorts of things. One of the roughest things I had to decide was, who is my first love? Is it God? Or was it my wife? Is it God? Is it the Lord God? Or is it my wife? It's God, folks. God is my first love. God is my first love. I've been attacked in every way you could possibly think of. And I'll get into that here in a minute. But the fact of the matter is, is God is my first love. And even though I hurt I'm hurting in a lot of ways. Let me tell you something. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. The word is going to have to protect me. The word. The word has to protect me. I have to put it on over my heart, over my way of thinking, over my way of feeling. We have to do it. We have to. All of us do. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's all of us. Because our first love has to be the Lord. It can't be money, it can't be popularity. It can't be the way we speak, or the the way we're seen in the spotlight. I know I'm being seen by folks out there. Oh, I'm not being seen by millions, maybe even hundreds. I know that. But quite frankly, quite frankly, it just doesn't mean I don't like any of you all out there who might be seeing me on Facebook or YouTube. I love you. In the name of Jesus, I agape love you. Quite frankly, when it comes down to if you like me by what I'm saying or don't, in the end, I don't care. And it doesn't mean I don't care about you. It means if you don't like me for following the Word of God, I cannot let that stop me from following God. Please don't misunderstand that. Please. It doesn't mean I don't care. I'm not care i am not Archie Bunker. I don't care. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I can't care about that more than I care about God. We can't. We have to protect ourselves. We have to protect ourselves. Righteousness is the armor on your chest, Ephesians 6.14. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We're to be righteous. Let that be our first love, to be righteous. Not that we're righteous, but that he is righteous in us. Everything needs to be made right. Well, how do we know what's right and wrong? Oh, I think you know. Through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit. That's how we know what is right. Even in Revelations, it talks about marriage. And it talks about what is right in marriage. Listen to what it says, because it's talking about us being the bride, the church. Listen, the church is saved, you know. Listen to what it says, Revelation 19, 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the lamb has come, and his wife, come out the church, his wife has made herself ready. It was granted to her to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. We need to be righteous to the Lord. We need to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Put on the shoes. Oh, I'm not talking about going out and buying Nikes. No, 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 no. I'm talking about putting on those things that would protect their legs. You've seen the armor. It protects their legs and keeps them safe. We need to do the same. How we're walking for the Lord. Are you walking for the Lord? Or are you dressed and still walking incorrectly? Are you dressed ready for God? And yet you decide, can you imagine somebody who's dressed right for God and yet they're walking a horrible way? Can you imagine that? I'm going to walk on the wrong path. Or how about you get on the right path and you're not ready for it? You're not dressed right for it. We need to be prepared. Have your feet fitted with readiness for the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6.15. Romans 10.15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring good news of good things. Oh, it's almost like those two writers and what they were doing. Well, it's the same writer. Paul. The fact of the matter is, is we need to be ready to preach the gospel of peace, in peace. The gospel of peace. Peace. This doesn't mean that you just say what they want you to say. No, you teach the truth, but you do it with love and compassion, kindness. You don't say, you're going to hell, ha, ha, ha. No, 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 no. I've seen people do that. It doesn't work. It makes them, furthermore, want to live in sin, and even more joyfully. We do it with love. We do it with compassion, but we don't lie about it. God wants you to live in sin. No, he doesn't. He loves you so much that he doesn't want you to. That's the truth. We then, therefore, stand firm. We stand firm. Listen to this now. Listen. In peace, in Greek, peace means oneness and wholeness. We're to live in oneness and wholeness with the Lord God. In Greek, gospel means good news. We're to have good news. If you really love someone, bring them the good news. Can you imagine having good news and not giving it to people? Well, that's not very loving. No, we have good news, the forgiveness of sins, and the access, the way to the oneness with God through faith in Christ. I've heard many ministers say this is true. We're to stand firm, though. In your shoes, stand firm against the enemy. Don't let him shake your shoes off. Don't let him shake them off. No, don't let him shake them loose. I've I've seen a, a, a singer say, shake it off, shake it off. No, don't shake off your shoes. No, not your shoes of gospel of peace. Stand strong in it. Don't shake it off. Shake it off. No, stand strong in your shoes. We're to have the shield of faith, Ephesians 6.16. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with you, you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Well, let me tell you something about the Roman soldiers. The Roman soldiers and the shields, they'd cover it with uh, heavy animal hide. I'm sure you know this. they put on an- animal hide. Now, it was wood but they put on animal hide, okay? They would dip it in water. Why would they do this? Why would they dip it in water? This doesn't make sense. Well, sure it does. So that when they would shoot arrows, and they would, when their enemies would shoot arrows uh, on fire, um, it would hit it and would just distinguish it. It would put it right out. It would extinguish the, the fire right away and put those darts out. We, I've heard scholars say this several times, we, as soldiers of God, need to have the shield of faith regularly, regularly dipped Dipped in the water of God's word. We need to make sure that we dip our, uh, dip our shield of faith in the water of God's word. And make sure that we're prepared for those fiery darts that are going to come at us again and again and again. It's going to happen daily. It's not even just going to happen daily. It might come hourly, minutely. It may come all the time. The Satan is going to say, okay, that one didn't work. I'm going to try this one. Oh, lust didn't work. Okay. Anger. That one didn't work. Okay. Gossip. That one didn't work. Okay. The, keep on trying. Keep on trying. Oh, oh, okay. The links in his armor, his, the chinks of his armor, they're loose there. Oh, let's get them there. Boom. That's what they do. That's what they do. That's what the enemy does. And we are to have our shields of faith prepared. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the word of God. Proverbs 35. Oh, let me say that differently. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Talking about the Lord God. Mark 9 24 Immediately the father of the child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe, help me, help my unbelief. We're to believe in the Lord God in His Word. If we're having problems out there, cry on to God. Cry out to Him. He's there for us. He's there for us. Believe in His Word. It's there. Have faith in the Lord continuously. I know the world tells you different. Believe in God. Don't stop believing. Never stop believing. We're to put on the helmet of salvation. What is the helmet of salvation? Well, let, let me tell you this. This is from Ephesians six seventeen a, first half of that. Okay, Ephesians six seventeen a, the helmet of salvation. Put it on. Put on that helmet of salvation. You know a lot of times people don't want to wear a helmet when they're on a motorcycle. Well, let me tell you something. You need it. You need it. Protect yourself. When you're a soldier in Christ, you need a helmet to protect yourself. Because the enemy wants to batter your brain. He wants to attack you. He knows your mind. I'm not saying he can look into your brain, but he knows your weaknesses. He may attack you today. He may attack you tomorrow. What is your weakness? Do you have weaknesses in thoughts, certain weaknesses of things you might want to think on? He's going to throw it at you. He's going to throw it at you. This week alone, I told you a while ago, I've had a lot of attacks. It's one of the roughest weeks of my life. I've had physical attacks. I've had mental attacks, spiritual attacks, emotional attacks of every sort. It wasn't just on my heart. I was physically attacked i ran out of some of my medication, not my seizure medication, other medications that they, they affects me emotionally and other things. But because of that, it affects me with my physical problems. So I was literally on the floor of this church, shake, rattling, and rolling, having seizures, literally back there. It might have been a funny sight if you're not the one having it. I don't know. But the point is, the point is, is I was down. I was down. I felt like I was out. I was calling to Christ. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. There was times throughout this week I was crying. I'm not embarrassed to say this. Okay, it's embarrassing, but I'm not embarrassed to say it because I believe that there are people out there right now who fall down, whether it be emotional or true. They fall down and they feel like they're all alone. You're not alone. We all have our moments like this. You need to know. Listen, you need to know. I was down, but I wasn't out. Not because of me, but because of the strength of the Lord God who was in me. I have my physical problems. I have my emotional problems. Uh, Satan came at me with with temptations of lust he came at me with temptations of all sorts and I'm not just talking in a sexual way I'm talking in all sorts of ways he came at me with, with things of you'd rather do this you'd rather do that I had to choose who was first in my life God is first in my life God is first in my life and no one will ever take his place ever ever and I chose to follow God even though there's times that Satan came to me and said look God has left you and you're here on the floor literally here on the floor No one is with you. That's not true. People were there for me. People are here for me. They're going to be there for you. More importantly, God was with me. He never left me, never forsake me. He was with me. He said, don't give up, son. I'm here with you. I'm going to help you up. And he did. And I'm not just talking in the physical sense, in the emotional sense. God never abandoned me. God never abandoned me. God is not going to abandon me. God's a soldier. Can't you see Satan is attacking you while you're talking about being a soldier, never giving up, never giving up, fighting continuously. Satan is attacking you with all he has to see if you're going to give up in the fight. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. God doesn't give up on us. And I'm not going to give up on God. I'm going to stand strong. While we're being attacked here in America, we're being attacked all over the place, we have to stand up and say, forget you, Satan. I'm not going down. Not because of me, because of he who is within me. I will stand for Christ just like he fell for me and got back up again, by the by. Got back up, rose again for me. He lives in me. I will not fall I will not stop, and I don't care if they come in here today and try to arrest me for speaking for Christ. If they came in to kill me, come on, baby, come on. I'm not leaving. I will stand for Christ. I will live for Christ. That's the way it needs to be. The enemy wants to attack us with all he has, with all he has. But whenever he attacks your mind, and he will, he will, incidentally, he will attack your mind. Don't worry, brothers and sisters in Christ. And I speak to you, whoever you are. I know you're out there. I can can feel it. Listen, it's all right. Put on that helmet of salvation. Wrap your mind with the word. Whatever it is, whatever it is right now, I, I understand. You may have given in. I get it. I've done it before, too. We've given in to some things. You've fallen once. Get back up. Put on that armor again. Put on the helmet. Block that thought. Block it with the word. When you're tempted to give in to it, put on the word. It's all right that you've fallen. I'm not saying that the falling is okay. I'm saying put on the word. It's okay, because next time you're going to know when the enemy comes. You're going to know to put on the helmet. You're going to know to say no, no, because greater is he than you, Satan. Greater is he than you, you evil wretch. No, no, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. You're going to know to put on the helmet. Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Colossians 3.2 set your affection on the things above, not on the things of the earth. And I know we're running a little late. I'm not going to apologize about it, though. Sword of the Spirit. It is our defense and it is our offense. That also is in Ephesians 6, 17b, the second part of it, the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. They both are. To be honest with you, they all are. All these parts are God's Word, all of them. It is the sword of the Spirit. I've used it before, and I'll use it again. I oftentimes use this sword to show that you have to have an offense, you have to have a defense. When Satan comes at you, take the word, defend yourself, And fire back. That's what Jesus Christ did in the book, well, several of the books. But we're not going to read it all right now. We're not going to go there. But in Luke chapter 4, being one of the places, when he was tempted, when Satan came at him and Satan was misusing, misusing incidentally, misusing the word of God, Jesus knew the word. And he says, as it is written, he used the word, as it is written. As is written. He didn't use his own words. He said, oh, I don't think I should. I don't think I, no, he didn't say that. He said, as it is written, boom, boom. As it is written, boom, boom. As it is written, boom, boom. Offense, defense, defense, offense. He knew what he was doing. He took the word. He didn't try to make the stand himself. He stood with the word of God. That was his weapon of choice. That was his uh, sword that he defended and offended with. The enemy will attack. He's going to attack you today. He's going to attack you tomorrow and every day. Be ready. He's going to use the people around us here in this country, on TV, all over the place. Be ready, Christian soldier. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour, as it says in 1 Peter 5.8. But Christian soldier, remember this about yourself. As it says in Proverbs 21, verse 8, The righteous, and that's you, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Be prepared, be bold, don't be afraid, and whatever you do, don't be afraid, and don't you kneel, don't you kneel, don't you kneel in fear to the ways of the world and the enemy, don't you kneel, you don't work for the Yankees, don't you kneel, don't you dare kneel, don't kneel to the enemy, we kneel at the cross. But we stand up for Jesus. Amen. Kneel at the cross. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. That's what we're going to do. We need to be courageous because God is in control. God is in control. Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. And Joshua 1.9, remember this now. This was said to Joshua from the Lord. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Remember, he never leaves you, never forsakes you. That came to Joshua earlier from the Lord. And one last thing I say to you today, you great soldiers of God. One last thing. John 16.33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. And as we close here today, know this you are soldiers. You are soldiers. And even though we live in a world right now that wants to make you feel guilty and bad about being a soldier, don't you dare. Be proud that you love Jesus. Be proud you live for Jesus Christ. Be proud that you are the army of the Lord. Be proud. Because God is proud of his soldiers. He's proud of you. Let us bow in prayer. Jesus, Lord, we love you so very, very much. We thank you for dying on the cross for us, for rising from the dead. We pray right now, Lord, for all those who are here today. We pray right now if there be anyone here today who questions their salvation, if they know you. We pray this will be the day that they will question it no more. We pray that this will be the day that they will become a soldier for you. That they will come and be a part of you. That they will join the line. That they will step up and stand up for you. That we be courageous, Lord God. Lord, I do pray that we put on the armor for you. I pray, Lord God, we be brave. I pray, Lord God, if there be anyone here who's being attacked by fear, afraid of what could happen, I pray, Lord, that they'll find your courage. And, Lord God, I do also pray for all the people here, Lord Jesus Christ, for their family, for their loved ones. If there be anyone of their family who haven't put on the armor as they should, I pray for them. Lord God, for those who are watching, I pray for them as well. Lord, we love them. And I pray that they know that and feel that. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen.